but has he ever held on to the the other end of a thirty foot long python in the in the Texas mud? Probably. <laughs> you maybe you, not you, Texas. You find a video of him holding on to the tail of a python in Texas. Can we just call Pete? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me hit my. an intro do you hear that those jingle bells a jangling you see that that nice is slow peaceful snowfall beginning to look a lot like christmas out there I, it is but at the same time at least today for us i still i still recognize my surroundings and that is of course because you made it so pull up a chair because it's the tv boys Christmas special. Christmas special. That's the show Welcome where we to the talk special. about television, and this time around, specifically in a Christmassy way, because it's that Christmas special. All right, Thomas, I have to ask, why were you going... He was doing was the... Jingle Bells. The Jingle Bells song. Trying oh. to be like background noise. Yeah. Oh, okay. You could also like pull out my line and just put it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm Izzy. Who else we got here? I'm Thomas. And I'm Jenny. Who to thunk it? The um, three of us back together again for once Christmas again, time. Uh, I just want to—that was a little, a little like uh, Eeyore-ish for the season. <laughs> Who to thunk? I said away. I said away faster than that. <laughs> I feel I, like you're projecting. I just want to give a <laughs> probably <am. laughs> quick announcement for any longtime listeners. Uh, we do have a baby Yoda in the studio with us. He's here. I didn't say that last episode, did I? I don't. Well, I don't if I know. did, I'll, I'll I'll cut it out of last episode. I don't know, or this one. He's but also we got a baby, hanging, which is a little dark. Well, he's but... not. He's not hanging. He's a. Uh, well, technically, he's. <laughs> technically, he is. He's suspended. He's, he's suspended. suspended. Thank you. That, is, that makes it sound violent. <laughs> the rope isn't around his neck. No, it's not. It's I, attached uh, to his collar, which is then no, around his neck. He has a. He has like a cloak on, and the end of the. Thing you pull to make the fan go, it's like a little ball. No, I think so people I get it. That in his... I think they get it. Uh, well, yeah. just, he's I'm just he's fine. explaining yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just to the just rustling <laughs> your jimmies. Yeah. Um, oh, and another thing, we should probably let people know we have uh, a fourth person in the room with us that is uh, going to be our fact Christmas checker, Christmas spirit himself. Christmas spirit himself. He's uh, <laughs> really just radiating out to us. But yeah. the ghost uh, of Christmas present. If we say anything absurdly or uh, not absurdly just uh, very wrong uh, you might hear him uh, correct us but he's here welcome james thanks for coming yeah welcome yeah. james yeah. all right so what is it you want to crack into first on this holiday special is there are you i feel like you're chomping at the bit to tell me about a christmasy thing that you watch and enjoy Ooh, me? You. Most of the time you're saying that, you were staring directly uh, forward, not at me. But, you're right. I am. <laughs> I thought you were talking to Thomas. Um, so, uh, the I've been watching a lot of Christmassy stuff. 
Sorry, are we giving Israel yeah. too much grief today? I feel like I, pa- <laughs> I, I think we're all I in feel a like mood. you 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 <laughs> it's knew that Christmas spirit. Mood. You knew who I was talking to at the exact appropriate time. It was like the smoothest handoff, and you're just like shining a spotlight on it. <laughs> you did a bad let's, job. <laughs> let's turn a light on every single good transition yeah yeah but then yeah. like every rickety one that kind of just like rumbles along just be like, right. oh that's fine <laughs> 10 out of 10 uh let's get to some some christmasy stuff here so i've been watching a, a decent amount of christmasy stuff uh in preparation for this episode and a lot of what i have to say is like all kind of wrapped up together even though i'm going to talk about like three different things so i'm not sure how to uh, space it out with you guys but the first thing i want to talk about is I think it's my I think it's my favorite Christmas movie now. Um, that has changed a few times in the past. I want to talk about Elf, dude. That is my like it's my new favorite Christmas movie. Uh, that just happened. New favorite this year. I mean, I always loved it. Like yeah. ever since I first saw it. It's uh, anybody who doesn't know what Elf is. It's Will Ferrell. Uh, he get he be he becomes raised by elves and uh, wants to go find his dad, uh, who lives in New York City. So he has to leave the North Pole, and uh, for uh, all intents and purposes, in his mind, he is an elf. Uh, it's just it's comedy gold, but not only is it comedy gold, it's uh, it it warms your heart. There's a message behind it, and it's gonna make you feel really really good at the end. But <clears throat> what really drove this movie home for me this year was watching netflix uh the christmas movies that made us i think it's it's either the christmas movies or the holiday movies uh that made us but the first episode of that show is about the making of elf I was going to ask you if you had it's seen that so have good. you seen it i saw it's that so oh, i saw good. last weekend okay so like uh, you know, Elf was always a great movie, and I always loved it. But watching a documentary about the making of Elf, uh, that in and of itself is a heartwarming story. And uh, I believe both the person who wrote the script for Elf and uh, John Favreau, who directed it, mm-hmm. I believe that both of them grew up like without their fathers and, like, uh, uh, you know became closer with their family or I, I think one of their fathers died around Christmas and like that was a way for them to heal. It was like watching Christmas movies together and uh, basically both the person who wrote it and directed it just had a, a huge respect and love and special place in their heart for Christmas movies and I just think that there was so many elements that came together to make the elf just one of those special movies and it has become like a timeless Christmas classic and it has uh, the kind of uh, Rankin and Bass um, you know hand in it with like the uh, stop motion stuff bye buddy with like yeah. the narwhal like White all of that everything continuous backdrop all of that like it, you know you watched the um, the making of Elf like all of that was very purposefully trying to replicate what Rankin and Bass did which uh, those are the that's the production company that made every single uh, you know uh, holiday movie that you watch growing up like uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Frosty the Snowman uh, A Year Without a Santa Claus and uh, yeah it's just <coughs> I, I I watched the making of Elf and then almost immediately afterwards I watched Elf and uh, I cried <laughs> like it 
it really hit home for me way more uh, this year. But I just I love that movie. It's so so good, dude. It it got me when they specifically when they were talking about trying to get it off the ground. Yeah, basically trying to get it in front of a producer. Mm-hmm. They the writer of the script basically like scraped and clawed to get in front of somebody who had access to the money <clears throat> or to the influence to even get it off the yeah, ground. Yeah, well, I mean, he wasn't and a famous writer. Like, no, that was no, his he was, first he was a script, nobody. I believe. That... Yeah, well, the first one, I think, that he had he had pitched to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who I mean, was it took anybody. a long time. He originally... So so David Ber- uh, Berenbaum wrote Elf. Yeah. And he had originally written a script in 1993. Yeah. At the time... With the idea of Chris Farley being Buddy. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's what uh, production studios were like pitching him, and he was and he was against it being a Chris against... Farley movie. Mm. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know that for sure. Well, they, uh, I'm not. I, I, I'm not discounting that and saying I'm you're wrong. I'm pretty sure that they say that. In I that do because... know that they were trying to change the character of, um, and I can't remember her name, the female lead, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, it's like Jovi. Jovi. Is it Jovi? Yeah. Yeah. James? It's Jovi. No, it's Jovi. It is Jovi? Yeah. Um, They were trying to turn her into a streetwalker as opposed to just like a almost down and out, really, uh, really sad, like uh, store clerk who just did not, was just there to make a buck and not necessarily in the Christmas spirit. And the fact, I mean, he turned down his first official deal. Yeah. He let the option run out. Yeah. In order to, like, fulfill what he viewed as the vision of that movie. Yeah. And I'm really glad for it. Right. Not that, like, I don't think that I could say that I would hate the movie if it came out the other way, but I also can't say for sure because I've never seen it. Yeah, and, like... It doesn't exist. I love Chris Farley. I think he's super funny, but I don't know if he would... Like, if he was Buddy the Elf... It, I, I, it it would be def, it would definitely be a different flavor of movie. Yeah, and I I just think that Elf was uh, just a combination of like perfect timing, just the right place at the right time. And uh, like I told Israel after watching uh, the making of that, it just made me think like how many amazing scripts and amazing movies have there like almost been or like. Just because, like, you, you know, studios get their hands on it and change things around from whatever the original writer wanted it to be. Like, if, you know, I, I just I just started thinking about, like, how many movies could have been great, but too many people got their hands in there. Or, and or just, just didn't show up at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. how many how many excellent scripts are out there that have been out for 20 or 30 years? Right. Because producers got their hands on it. And not that... Producers serve a very specific role, and not that it's necessarily bad, but I think that they they get a bad rap because of the fact that they're always trying to pedal to like the bottom line, yeah. As opposed to this is how the movie's supposed to be, yeah. Based on the scriptwriter, um, I mean, in the fact that he held out, it, I mean, it paid off, yeah, yeah. He, they even tried to change it. I think, if I remember correctly, like at the last minute, they tried to re-edit it. Yeah, well, they they edited some very important parts out of the ending and uh he yeah they and like i think john favreau put his foot down and was like i think we need to do it this way but but like i don't i don't want to go too much into uh the making of elf with the uh, Christmas movies that made us because I want people to go out and watch right. it. Right, you should actually go watch there's, that. There's more information 
tons of more information in that uh, documentary that we haven't mentioned, and I think it would be super interesting for anybody who yeah. loves Elf. I would highly recommend and that's watching on Netflix, that. right? Yeah, so that's on Netflix. I would highly recommend watching uh, the Elf episode of the holiday movies that made us, and then watching Elf immediately afterwards because. Yeah. Uh, it uh, it really kickstarted me into the Christmas spirit this year for sure. I get. I will say, if you are one of those people who I guess just woke up from a coma and hadn't already seen Elf, do watch it first. But yeah, I know you've yeah. already seen Elf, yeah, so, we've all seen Elf, so you can go ahead and watch the making of and then rewatch the movie because it'll mean more. Yeah, I would. I would make a note. Uh, I agree with what you just said. Um, if you haven't seen Elf. Watch it first, then watch this, and right. it will make it even more magical. But who's that person? Uh, yeah. yeah, who is that person? <laughs> but if you are listening and you haven't seen it, watch it first. Also, um, my niece watched it with us, and it kind of it, it took the magic out of it for her. She was like calling out specific shots that they talked about lining up in like in production, mm-hmm. and like as opposed to like eating up the story as a kid, like I was able to. I don't know it. It's not, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, bad for that to have occurred, but I think it, to me, it seemed like it took some of the magic out of it for her. Yeah. So, like, just to be aware if you're a parent. Um, oh, that makes oh sense. you're saying your niece saw the making of it? So, I don't know if she saw, I'm pretty sure she saw the or Elf she just, like, she super saw smart Elf first. and knows how movies are made. No, Very no, no. Analytical. No, she, I think she saw Elf first, but then watched that and, like, mm. at her age... Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I like. I'm pretty sure. I, like, I knew movies weren't like real. I'm, like, yeah. I'm watching this through. I totally like, understand yeah, I, what you're saying. I, I totally get it because I don't even like. You know, I, I don't like seeing production photos of stuff while while I'm still hot on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see someone operating Puppet Yoda at the same time that I'm re-watching the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But then like, you're like thinking of just about a man underneath making right, Puppet but Yoda. I can appreciate that after the fact. I can appreciate it in a vacuum. Like I do, I am interested in the production of it. And I think that uh, childhood, you're just in an extended state of being like, just into the belief of blank. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so like, yeah, I'm sure that she understands that movies aren't real, but seeing that before you like wanted to see that. Yeah. I, I can see it taking something away. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Like you realize it's somebody's job as opposed to just watching the magic of elf. Unfold right. In front yeah. Of you. Yeah. Thomas, have you been watching any good holiday movies? So or TV shows. I watched. Sorry. I watched that. Um, you watched Elf. I did. Or the the, the making of Elf yeah, as well. The, yeah. The uh, the holiday movies that made us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, which I guess the second episode is about um, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. So yeah. that's also really good. But also we started sorry. watching that. I didn't. I didn't get that far into. I really it. like that episode um, too. Uh, I'm sorry. not a. I'm not. And I'll get skewered for this by some people. I'm not a huge fan of that movie. Yeah. Not that I don't like it, but there are several other Christmas movies that come. Oh, I, that how could me. you? Yeah. Oh. Like, I think if you watch, I don't. Them, I don't actually care for it myself. Really? I. I really like it. <laughs> Heck yeah. I really like it, but I think if you watch, I think if both of you watch the that episode of like the making of it, uh, you will. Uh, I honestly, you'll find some more reasons to be. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad, and yeah. I'm not I saying that I would enjoy like... that episode of 
the holiday movies that made us. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'd say definitely watch that if, if even if you don't like. Yeah, uh, like that, that series yeah. in general. Anyway. From what I've seen of it, again, like one and a, a fifth of an episode. Yeah, I recommend that. Well, there's only two episodes out right now. Sorry, yeah. I derailed well, your. Well, there's, there's also, and I don't know if it's the same team, but it's the same series moniker or whatever, the, the toys that yeah. made us. The yeah. toys that made yeah. us, the holiday movies that made us, and I think there's like one other thing that made us yeah. that's out there, and I think I've watched them <laughs> there's, all. There's <laughs> at least one other thing that made us as yeah. a society. Like, like, I know it was toys and movies and, and, and holiday movies. And Ra and Odin, <laughs> and I can't think of all of them. Like the grains um, that made us, Apollo. and there's that whole episode on rice. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like one on barley and like without those potato, would we really be potato would we be living like Ireland, this probably like that not one. potatoes made us if you have red hair potatoes made you so just get you used are, to it you are a potato yeah okay. you are what you eat I I listen. I think hey, that, I, I think there I probably are. Probably shouldn't. We have a pretty heavy listenership in like. Well, no, is that Scotland, Ireland, Scotland? It's only a few people. Yeah. Well, I I mean I think I think there are foods that you could say without blank food, you know, untold generations wouldn't exist. And I think that applies to to all the good foods. Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, but beer Th- is a big one. Thomas, have you been watching any? Holiday movies. <laughs> as far as as far as holiday stuff goes, yeah. uh, other than that, not yet. So there's this very specific period of time, which is ultimately the upcoming week after right. the end of this week. Then, well, like, when I, you're listening to this, that's why the listeners yeah, listen. Yeah. Like I cram yeah. it all in with people that I care about, and like I watch yeah. all. Yeah. I mean, well, like Rudolph. What's, what's one thing you're gonna cram in? Uh, I mean, all the classics, yeah. right? Like, all of those, um, and I can't remember the production company now. Rankin, Rankin and, Bass. and Bass. Rankin and Bass. I thought it was Rank and Bass, but it's Rankin. Slash. Slash Bass. Yeah. Amber's, Amber Sand. Yeah. Uh, no. No, it's not in the logo, but that's how people say it. Okay. Rankin and Bass. Rankin. Okay. Um, but uh, what I was going to say was, like, those, um, the Santa Claus, the first one, the second one's okay. The third what, one. What do you mean, the Santa Claus? Is, uh, is that just a movie? Yeah, Santa yeah. Claus. T- Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. Oh, dude, I've never Santa. seen those movies. Are you kidding me? What? Am I? That is like straight up. Israel, have so... you seen? Oh. Dual talk. Israel, have you seen those movies? All three. The first two are better than the third. I, I know thought, where it's going. I the thought you were going to be on my side. <laughs> and the second one isn't even that good. It's like, no, it's fun to watch. it's not. The but first it's just one in is, comparison yeah. to the third. It's yeah. just such a steep drop off. The, the one, second one, by comparison, like seems like a pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like the third one is, to me, is hot garbage. Right. Yeah. For children. Which is sad because it, it's got, like, I love that actor. Who's yeah. Mr. Megorium or whatever his name is. <laughs> Mr. Megorium's Wander Emporium? Or are you yeah. talking? I've never seen that. Is I that... thought you just made up a name. No, he, play, he also <laughs> plays Mr. Mr. Flubba Glub. I know his name. Wonder Emporium. I know his name. I did. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Jiminy Criminy. Yeah. 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 So I kept thinking so it's Dennis, unfortunate. and I was like, Dennis It's unfortunate Rodman? that the third movie is, is is no good because I really like Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first the first one's like a classic, dude. Yeah, it's I know. to I me need to, see it. to me the first one and like leading off of what you watched. To me, the first Santa Claus with Tim Allen mm-hmm. is up there oh. with Elf as like a classic. Really? So if you want, <laughs> nice one, like, thank nice you. Like, <laughs> like if you if you don't watch that yeah. this holiday season, 
I'm going to be offended. All right. Well, dude, I'll that definitely is, that watch is it. one that every single year yeah. I watch Die Hard, the oh. first one. <laughs> okay, okay. I watch Santa Claus. I watch a bunch of Rankin and Bass. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watch Elf. And, like, I haven't watched those yet. Uh, Christmas, what is it? Christmas Story? I usually do them all week of, too. Yeah. I mean, I did some, I did wa- watch some stuff. But, like, I, it's usually, like, week of, which I feel like is fair to say about any holiday thing. I mean, the, the Halloween stuff we talked about on the Halloween Spooktacular, like, I I watch those things week of Halloween. and Yeah. And, and we are a little bit out from it. Yeah. And so like for me it's just I'm I feel like I'm explaining myself to the to the no, listeners. I, I think this episode is coming out right at the time that you're about to click play on that playlist. So that's yeah. why we're we're telling people what should be on Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah. So like I may not have watched it, but I will tell you those are the those are the movies yeah. Yeah. um that I will watch. Again, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, no matter how upset uh I can't remember his name. The lead in Die Hard. Oh, um, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. No matter how how angry he gets, whenever people call it a Christmas movie, it's a Christmas okay, movie. Okay, well, I didn't. I didn't even know he didn't like that. Okay, I, no, I he said it's really not an because... effing Christmas movie in an interview when people asked <laughs> okay, him. Okay, <laughs> I just recently watched the the first two Die Hard movies because they're on HBO uh, Max, mm. and I had not watched them, you know, since I was a, a younger teenager. And I had not heard the whole Die Hard is a Christmas movie thing until like years after I'd seen it. So I was like, I can't remember what people are talking about. But I just, like I said, I just recently rewatched them. Die Hard 1 is a Christmas movie. It is. It, that is correct. I am in I am in that camp. I So I also agree. And honestly, I think it has a more decent argument than mine. But I would say if like. I, I don't get these rules. I don't get these rules about it. If you watch a movie on two consecutive Christmases, that is now a Christmas movie. Boom. I love it. Like, I think Rambo, to me, to me, Rambo's not a Christmas movie. I could make it one by 2021, December 5th, if I just, you just have watch to do it, it more than one year in a row. This year and next year. I think, I'm not going to do that. I disagree with you on that. <laughs> I, like, hard, hard I think no. if you make something a, tr- a Christmas tree, because, like, why are pine trees Christmas trees? It's because we set them up every Christmas. There's not, there's not a message. Like, other Christmas movies, I get, like, there's a message about Christmas, but, like, there's not a message about Christmas christmas and a pine tree but that's a christmas tree you so can't put ornaments put on an oak tree the reason pine trees are as are you gonna give me some german history or something <laughs> no 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 i'm gonna give you some i'm gonna give you some uh some weather history <laughs> the reason that pine trees are are very uh like people brought them into their house was because they wanted to put ornaments on something and the only trees that exist right. in the countries where Christmas like originated, or at least the Western Christmas originated, uh, were colder climates. So all of the deciduous trees were dead. Right. They just brought in a tree that was alive. The only ones that were alive. So it's were just like trees. a crazy thing, like Northern Hemisphere types do. That yeah. like, but like that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like you, I believe a Christmas tree in Australia is still like. Some sort of conifer, some sort of pine, <laughs> like I'm actually unaware of what they put up in. Uh, do they put it upside down? 
Do they put the stump in the There's air? not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Australians <laughs> don't believe in Jesus. How are all these things connected? That's not what I was their getting at all. Their trees, their trees and their crucifixes are right side up, I'll assure you. <laughs> That's not where I was going at all. I think you can I was make going toward the the the, the, the like, down under. I think for some people, <laughs> I think for some people, hot chocolate is a winter thing. For some, for some people, I just say, oh, it's hot. upside down, like like really really naively, because like I just oh they're on the underside of the earth. Yeah. But like Jonathan's like Satan. <laughs> <laughs> well, if everything's backwards, clearly, Satan must clearly be there. they're not. So I want to tell you about a thing I know, and that is a Charlie Brown Christmas. I know you probably saw it coming (laughs) because I talked about it's a great pumpkin Charlie Brown for the Halloween spooktacular. That's because Charlie Brown's important to me. Charlie Brown's important to me in my life, and I think that it all, uh, when it comes to when it comes to Charlie Brown on television, it all comes back to a Charlie Brown Christmas because it was first. Mm. 1965 and i think i'm just gonna do try to try to do my own little short uh (laughs) the holiday movies that made us here for you okay Uh, because (laughs) don't let me down so charles m schultz he's of course the creator of of charlie brown of peanuts he's he's the artiste and in 1965 it had been at this point for a while a uh a comic strip growing in popularity and he got a call from TV producer Lee Mendelson and who 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 let him know that that he he felt like the that he he just loved the comic strip and he wanted to make a documentary about the Peanuts comic strip and Schultz happened to know of didn't like know him personally but he knew Lee Mendelson because Schultz was a baseball buff and Lee Mendelson had recently made a documentary on baseball player Willie Mays called a man named Mays. And Mendelson has joked that he like, he made a documentary about the best baseball player of all time. So now he wanted to do one about the worst baseball player of all time, meaning Charlie Brown <laughs> and Charlie, like just Charlie bound is just famously like not, not great at things he attempts to do. And he does try to play baseball. Um, but Schultz knew him. Schultz knew him as the guy who made this documentary about uh, a baseball player he liked. So he, he wanted to do it. And they, they had, uh, I don't know, just like an interesting time trying to, trying to get it off, off the ground. Originally, it was going to be a half hour documentary about the comic strip with roughly one to two minutes of animation. That was like the where the Christmas special came from. Really, and they're and they're trying to get it off the ground. They they mm-hmm. get an animator on board, Bill, uh, Bill Melendez, who had collaborated years before on an animated spot for um, Ford Motor Company, which I really mostly mentioned because the way they got like ultimately Coca Cola sponsored the Christmas special. That's how they were able mm-hmm. to make it, and. They, when they finally got the call that they were going to be able to make this, I believe it was around, uh, like 
sometime earlier in the year in 1965 that based on the timeline they were given, they were going to have six months to, to make this animated special and ask Mendelssohn if that was feasible. And he told Coca-Cola and the network, like, absolutely, no problem. You can make a... You make an animated special, six months, no problem. And then went and asked Charles Schultz and the animator and, and their animator, uh, uh, Melendez, if that was possible. And they were like, "We don't know. We hope so. We're not sure." <laughs> um, because because it's I mean, ultimately, it's thirteen thousand drawings in this special. It 12, 12 frames per second. So tw- like it's there's thirteen thousand images in, yeah, in the Charlie Brown special in the early days of animation where you were hand days. drawing each frame, right? Uh, but there's just like there was just crazy other things that in in test screen like once they finished it that uh, Mendelssohn and Melendez both thought it was going to just completely tank that they had a screening audience and, and even the network execs thought that like, there's, there's no way this is going to be anything. And a lot of people uh, think, including the, the people that made it, the reason it got to air was because they finished making it 10 days before it's national on air premiere. Ooh. So like there wasn't time it was either cancel it or air it and it had already been advertised like they had to just air it. But some of the reasons that uh, people thought it, it, it wasn't going to go anywhere was like, first off, uh, half hour animated special, not a thing. The Rudolph that we've mentioned earlier from Rankin and Bass had already come out. That's an hour long. Mr. Magoo Christmas special an hour long. No one was doing half hour spots. They wanted them to make it an hour spot. And they said they couldn't do it. There's not time. We want to do half an hour. There's no laugh track. That at 1965 was unheard of. Hmm. Everyone who saw it was like, where's the laugh track? Put in the laugh track. You forgot the laugh track. Is this the version without the laugh track? When are you going to finish editing it? And they were like, we don't want a laugh track. Charles Schultz himself said, People don't need to be informed when to laugh. Either it's like they're going to laugh because it's funny or they're not. That's and that is very well said. That statement is my spirit animal when it comes to television. <laughs> like, yes. And yeah. like in 1965 doing that. Also, you know, there's so what the movie is about is about the quote unquote true meaning of Christmas. And I honestly think that. There are universal truths in this universe, but I also think that meaning is a, is an individual thing. You find meaning in different ways. And I do think the movie has a strong message, but honestly, I think it has more than one message. And you could come away from that movie believing the true meaning of Christmas was more, is more than one thing. And I don't think they're, they're less valid than the other. There is a point where famously uh, one of the characters is asked, what's the meaning of Christmas and steps forward and gives a reading from the Bible. Linus quotes some Bible verses. And in test screenings, they said that, like, well, that's weird. Like, don't do that. <laughs> but it, like, honestly, it infor- like it informs the climax of the film. And it was 10 days out. Like, there's not time to take that away. Uh, but also, I think that you could take away that the the true meaning was 
like friends coming together to support each other because the movie ends with Charlie Brown deciding he's not going to c- succumb to the commercialization of Christmas. So he goes home to celebrate in his own way, but is sad. And then his friends rally around them and they're all happy. And they, the movie ends like with them singing. Like I, I think it really is about the true meaning of Christmas, whatever that means to you. Um, but also like, it just like, it was the first movie to use child actors. Whereas other things done in this way were adult actors imitating a child. They cast all Those children. Those were for actual this. like child voice actors. Some of them could not read. They had to be told their line <laughs> in the recording booth. That like, is really cool. They were all children. That's excellent. Like that's, that's that, wild to me. That is and, one that my mom really likes. And that's one that yeah. I've seen pretty much every year as well i i have a special place in my heart uh, for the absolutely and like uh, charlie brown christmas wherever you fall on the on the the pro pro religion anti-religion whether inside or outside of christmas whatever your opinions are it is a fact that in the 1960s less than nine percent of all christmas episodes of television less than 9% contained any substantive reference to religion. Like you might, I feel like a lot of people have an opinion that like it's, it's, it's some people think it's overboard. Some people think there's a war on Christmas, but like, and so like whether the fact that Linus reads Bible verses just kind of gets like washed away and you either thinking there's too much religion in Christmas or not enough. But like, I think it's interesting to note that like there was no laugh track. They, everyone wanted a laugh track. They used children. Everyone said to use adults. They had a, a biblical reference less than 10% of anyone making Christmas television d- did that. They were told it needs to be an hour. They did half an hour. Like they, they broke all these rules and expectations and it was immediately successful, immediately a classic. Everybody, everybody should watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's just that good. But uh, one of the things I think that is interesting about it. So the recording, the voice recording done in a day, all of it, all of it. I, be, I mean, what? that's what, that's what they say. And then in the next, uh, at the recording studio, um, next door was, uh, a band recording some music. That band would happen to be Jefferson airplane. Hmm. They came over to meet the kids, thought it was really cute what they were doing and got the kids to sign autographs for them. That, what? That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. That's, right. That's a really cute story. Uh, the, like, those kids like went back to school and like get, you know st- students found out what it was them and like had them like recite lines and stuff like it's just oh, those had to have been like the coolest kids ever though it's in their just school. so cool yeah. like check it out <laughs> check it out like especially well, like, the fact that it was an instant classic so if it was that popular yeah, when it came yeah. out it was supposed to be just like this this special they were gonna run something like I primarily know Charlie Brown as a cartoon character not right? not yeah, a comic not, strip exactly. character like yeah. I know and the fact more, that like those kids yeah. were able to bring those characters to life for the first time and it's like became an instant classic and you know had inspired it inspired there's probably hundreds of charlie brown cartoons now like right yeah i, I don't I, it, I don't know the figure he but probably yeah. has his own show at some point like i don't know like i mean there's definitely a lot and it it jumped like it started animating careers for a lot of people who worked on it people who worked on this movie um like went on to like eric goldberg worked on this he made pocahontas 
Pete hmm. Doctor. He worked on Monsters Inc. and Up. Andrew Stanton brought you Finding Nemo and Wally. Jeff oh, wow. Mallet, Fraz, Patrick McDonald, Mutz. Like th- it was it is groundbreaking on like just so many levels. I, f- I feel like it, and I, I, it is popular. I'm not saying it doesn't get the due it deserves, but it's just I love. I don't that think movie enough people so much. know the background, of right? That, because I, I definitely uh, did it until it you just almost, told me. It almost didn't air on television this year for the first time since it came out. So it's been airing since 1965 uh, every year. Uh, first, you know, up till 2000 on CBS. And then ABC got the rights, so starting in 2001, uh, up until this year, it aired on ABC every year. But Apple TV bought has the rights to the Peanuts catalog as of I October. Recently heard about that, but it's free for everybody, right? So they made it free. They made it. They made all of the Charlie Brown holiday movies free for a three-day window. Oh, get, like in relation to when the the holiday they were about but i guess that's cool uh there was some outcry over that from some fans and they let they're letting pbs air it on tv because it would have been the first year ever since its existence that it didn't air on television yeah Uh, but they're keeping it going letting pbs air it and classic pbs style that's commercial free so that's what's up uh I do think it's interesting that there has been slight edits over the years. Really? Um, specifically, I believe the original broadcast had some bits near the commercial breaks about Coca-Cola. And there's rules in, in broadcast television now that uh, advertisements like can't be a part of the main show in that way. Anymore. And there's like rules against advertising to children as well isn't there well, there's there's some kind of but i i just know that i there's been at like they changed like the color of snoopy's bowl little stuff like that yeah but at one point um i know that i have seen it and i don't know if i've ever seen the version without it but to me i know i have seen linus just paying that can on top of the fence with throwing a snowball with his blanket yeah and that's not been in all airings of that hmm. i remember that scene really yeah so i must be watching it on like a vhs or a dvd at my parents I, like i like i know that that scene is in it at least in the version i've seen um i just know i, I just feel like what happens is they move the they move the edit points around based on where they want their ad breaks and i think they've mm. like it's been cut out in that way so like a commercial is going to start right here uh whereas that wasn't you know a part of the original edit but just speaking of uh edits and changes i know that you know we talked about rudolph the red-nosed reindeer the tv special by rankin bass that it's been it's been chopped and screwed and edited a few times since its original broadcast as well to the point that I think there's like a deleted scene that I've never even seen. Really? What was it? Uh, the, what is, uh, Yukon Cornelius, Yukon Cornelius, uh, finding a peppermint mine. Oh. I've never seen that. Yeah, I can't. I, I... And I can't say I remember that. That like really informs what I always thought was super funny of him. Like he keeps swinging that pickaxe around and then tasting it 
and he's talking about silver and gold and it's like is he like tasting for silver and gold that's hilarious but he like in the original version finds a peppermint mine he's tasting the pick to see if there's peppermint yeah. <laughs> like, i thought it was just tasting for silver and gold yeah and that is funny it yeah. is funny but like that changes yukon cornelius <laughs> to me yeah a lot it makes him way more holiday yeah than just like he's a minor like, he's out there in the middle of like north pole land why to find a peppermint mine <laughs> why he keeps licking his pick why to find a peppermint mine like yeah you just cut that out i know in some versions that the island of misfit toys has been like taken out and added back in and that song been taken out and added back yeah in. i read some stuff about that too uh, and i thought it was i've never seen a version without i've never seen island a version without it. toys and i'm and I glad thought it would be weird without yeah. it yeah so, yeah, I, I remember coming but, across that and I was like, that can't be but right. But I think the version <laughs> I've seen, like, when they change, there was a version where they change when Santa goes to the Island of Misfit Toys. Like, at one point, it's, like, on his way, I think, to deliver toys. And in one version, it's, like, on his way back to the North Pole. Yeah. Uh, which also changes things. But, yeah, there's a version without it entirely. That's bizarre to me. So it doesn't matter what version you see. Just go back. Go out and watch Rudolph. Go out. They're all... And watch Rudolph. Probably good. I, um, I don't really... I don't know how many different versions I've seen because I see them at least a year apart. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and there's, know, and there's got, more than one Rudolph movie, right? I, don't they have a, like a sequel or something? There is a sequel. Yeah. I, I'm not super Which informed actually, on the second one. If uh, Israel, are you wrapping up with your topic there because i have a lot of stuff to say about rankin and bass oh oh i'm i'm done talking about charlie brown i'm not done talking about christmas oh no 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 uh, but, um, yeah, but i mean Ru- that seems like a natural segue rudolph shiny new year is worth your time if you okay because that's the I, second original yeah. i've never seen that but really um i it's got baby new year he's so I, cute he's just a little baby <laughs> I, with uh, a top hat that's ridiculous a baby in a top hat i watched both uh <laughs> i watched both a uh, year without a santa claus yeah and uh rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh today oh um but i did a bunch of research on rankin and bass and that led me to just a bunch of other rabbit trails and a bunch of information that i didn't know that i thought was super interesting i'm gonna try to make this quick because i got a lot of stuff written down here uh so rankin and bass uh the company was founded in new york city by arthur rankin jr and jules bass on september 14th 1960 uh originally they called it their company uh videocraft international it was not always rankin and bass the majority of their work including all of their quote-unquote animagic stop motion so like they, they they use a word called animagic for a lot of stuff but that just means they're stop motion stuff so you know like uh rudolph and a year without a santa claus uh they were all created in tokyo japan one of their first projects was a uh tv series called the adventures of pinocchio and also uh one of their first things they did was the tales of the wizard of oz uh these are from 1961 and before uh i did find youtube videos of both of these things and it was really cool watching them because you can obviously see you know they were they always had their own very very specific style uh but a very interesting tidbit about rankin and bass in 1977 
Rankin and Bass produced an animated version of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. The Hobbit, the cartoon Hobbit that I know I've seen and you've seen, that was created by I Rankin and no Bass. I had no idea that was them. That That's was awesome. created by Rankin and Bass. And, uh, of course, it was followed by the 1980s animated version of The Return of the King. Uh, that was also made by Rankin and Bass, the first two volumes. So, like, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers were owned by different countries, or I a totally different company. Heard... That's crazy. Isn't that? Is I thought that was absolutely crazy. I didn't know that. So, they just went from The Hobbit to The Return of the King. Uh, but another interesting thing I thought was in 2001, Fox aired the first new original Christmas special produced by Rankin and Bass. Uh, first one in 16 years called Santa Baby, which, uh, like most of their company's uh, specials, uh, were titled off of a Christmas song. But this one stood out because it was the first one to have African-American people in it. It took them only 40 years. But Wait, what year did that come out? 2001 was their... Uh, was the first Rankin and Bass with African American people with both black people in it, uh, wow. but it starred uh, wow. Patty Labelle, Eartha Kitt, uh, Gregory Hines, Vanessa Williams, and Tony Joyner. Santa Baby uh, turned out to be Rankin and Bass' final produced special. The Rankin and Bass partnership was officially dissolved shortly after, with most of its assets being acquired by Warner Brothers. Santa Baby was co-written. By Suzanne Collins, the writer of the Hunger Games. Really? <laughs> yes. That's I thought that was absolutely wild. absurd too. Like I, you know, I've read all those books. Uh, let's see. But that 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 the writer of the Hunger Games has also made a Rankin and Bass Christmas movie. Yes. How this, crazy is that? Like, uh, so I was weird. just like drawing they all these lines diametrically between. opposed. <laughs> right. Uh, in addition to their primetime specials, Rankin and Bass uh, produced several regular television shows in traditional animation style, including uh, the King Kong show uh, in 1966, uh, the Jackson Five, uh, the Five, or, or the F in Five is a Five, uh, 1971. Uh, and the Osmonds, but their most su- most successful uh, cartoon that they made was Thundercats in they made Thundercats? 1985. Yeah, Rankin yeah. and Bass are. Uh, were the directors and animators of Thundercats, which I thought was uh, really crazy too. Because I mean, I uh, uh, that that's a bit before my time, but I definitely have heard references to Thundercats. Oh yeah, no, lot. I've watched I've watched Thundercats. I think I have my parents have VHSs from when we were kids of Thundercats. Yeah, uh, but other than that, I was just going to shout out. Um, let's see, I thought I had. Oh, here it is. A full writ, a full list of Rankin and Bass Christmas Christmas specials: uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Cricket on the Hearth. I have not seen that. Little Drummer Boy, Frosty the Snowman, uh, Santa is Coming to Town, Twas the Night Before Christmas, The Year Without a Santa Claus, The First Christmas, The Story of the First Christmas Snow, uh, Frosty's Winter Wonderland, Rudolph's Shiny New Year, The Little Drummer Boy, uh, Book Two. Nestor and the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey, uh, The Stingiest Man in Town, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, Jack Frost, Pinocchio's Christmas, 
uh, Leprechaun, The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold, The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, and then finally Santa Baby. So that is like their, the complete list of Christmas movies that they have made. And I've only seen about four or five of them. So Same. I so, think it would be really cool to watch. I've, I've seen a lot of these, but have a you? lot of them I've only seen once. Uh, there's definitely some I haven't seen, but I do want to give a specific shout out to A Year Without a Santa Claus because A Year Without a Santa Claus is dope. And it has some of the best songs, I feel like, out of all the Rankin and Bass Christmas movies. It, the, if you don't remember that title, it's the one with Heat Miser and Snow Miser. Yeah. So uh, I had not seen that, that one's movie. Fantastic! I had not seen that movie until like two years ago. Really? And, really? Uh, yeah, that's I just a, rewatched another, like, it right before you guys got here. Yeah, no, it is. It's a classic for me. I I love it. I love. Uh, I will say like the Little Drummer Boy. Like I've 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 seen it, but yeah. it's not like one that I ever rewatched. I couldn't tell you about it. Yeah. But like I rewatched A Year Without a Santa Claus not as often as say Elf or Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, but like. It's up there. No, I would, is, I would definitely say it, it's it, that it, good. It holds up to like Rudolph and those other classics of uh, being a classic in and of itself. Uh, because I, I had never, I never watched it as a kid, but as an adult, I, I very much enjoy it. And of course, it's, it's a stop motion animation just like Rudolph. So it, uh, it feels. I don't know for for some reason that animation style is almost like connected to Christmas for me in some way. So. It uh, it feels it feels it's, perfect for the Christmas spirit. I mean, dude, it's almost ubiquitous as far as Christmas goes. Yeah, like every I mean, and especially continuing through Elf, like that. Yeah, we already talked about like yeah. the people who made Elf were like, we wanted to have a Rankin and Bass feel, and it at has times. that feel. Yeah, like and the it does. first, the they first nail it. like third of the movie is extremely Rankin Bass. Yeah, yeah, the the whole every scene that you see in Elf that takes place in the North Pole has it's it's straight up Rankin and Bass uh you know like the 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 costumes that everybody wears uh in the you know in the documentary they show the elves from uh Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer next to the elves from Elf and they're wearing t- just those costumes they just made them yeah and they talk about getting into trouble because of that and everything but yeah I just wanted to go through uh that it some of those uh interesting facts about Rankin and Bass because I well, for one, I didn't know that they made that many Christmas movies. Uh, yeah, I, I had no definitely idea. didn't know that they made Thundercats and uh, uh, just regular cartoons. And uh, yeah, I think I think they're great. Thomas, you got any more uh, Christmas stuff to talk about, or should we pass the torch on over back to Izzy? No. So I watched a well, two movies. Yeah. Um, the the Christmas Chronicles, yeah. or maybe it's just called the Christmas Chronicle. What is that? Uh, it is a uh, well, you haven't seen the Santa Claus or Santa Claus okay. with Tim Allen. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not the same movie, but it's a similar vein. Uh, there's a Santa Claus and there's young children who like stumble into Santa Claus, and then adventure ensues okay. after that. Uh, it has Kurt Russell in it. Oh, okay. Um, I think I've seen the cover then. I, I like Kurt Russell a lot. Yeah, the first one, just like with the Santa Claus, the first one is excellent. The yeah. second one is a fun time, but it does not it did not hit me as hard as the first one. Yeah. Um the budget, I will tell you, of the second one is much larger because the first one did well. Mm-hmm. So there is that difference there. Yeah. Um but no, I definitely How how new are these movies? Twenty eighteen and twenty twenty. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. 
So the first one came out two years ago, and then it did so well, they created another one, I guess, through 2019, and then released it this year. Okay. I watched it, like, the third day it came out. Like, I didn't know it was coming out. Turned on the TV and saw it was, like, number one on trending or something. So what did what did you watch this on? Netflix. They're okay. both Netflix originals. Nice. All yeah. right. I think I, I think I might have seen those trending recently, because it's Christmas time. Yeah. Christmas yeah, in, Chronicle. In, in that vein... I, I'm not even sure if we brought this up on our first episode of TV Boys, but I kind of wish we had. And I guess now's the opportunity. But in that vein of movies where someone is like, now now they're going to be Santa. Um, did you guys ever see Twas the Night? Which was a Disney Channel original Christmas movie. So it was a TV movie. Um, start oh. The lead being Brian Cranston. No. What? Yeah. He was Santa? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, he and I believe his nephew, I think, like, knock out Santa. And Santa ha- Santa has this object that, like, when you, that allows you to, 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 like, enter through a chimney. They, like, warp into a building, but, like, can pause time in that building. So, like, the idea is, like, pause time, like, leave the presence. But Brian Cranston uses it to, like pause time and just like steal all their stuff oh my god <laughs> and like it, he has he has, he has a bag that's like uh mary poppins bag that it's just like anything can fit in it and like there's a point where like while time is paused goes up to someone at this like fancy party where he's stolen everyone's jewelry and gold watches and stuff who like a uh a suit like a tuxedo wearing waiter is pouring some wine for this lady and he like grabs the liquid which is frozen in time and pulls her like glass of wine out and just puts the glass like on her face or something so that like, when he unpauses time it would just be like and like splashing on like they pouring but like you just this hear everyone like start screaming and like where's my but there's a point when like so there's like a button that makes I don't that I don't know if the Mary Poppins bag is infinite or not, but the button that freezes time, that object also can make things smaller to like pick them up and put them in the bag. Yeah. Cause I do remember there's a scene where I believe, I believe for what, <laughs> like the most bizarre thing about it to me is I'm pretty sure he's going around doing this with the nephew, but like while convincing the nephew, he's not stealing stuff. Okay. <laughs> because there's a point when he like gets outed and all this stuff, like there's a, there's just a, someone hits the button and there's a mound of presents and all this jewelry and stuff. And there's like a car, there's like a Ferrari, like lopsided <laughs> in this like mountain of presents. Uh, this was a Disney channel original movie, but it was, yeah, yeah. A Disney channel original movie in 2001. And, and Brian Cranston is the lead <laughs> is like the bad uncle. <laughs> 2001 uh, it's fantastic honestly I, I, I honestly like that that sounds delightful i would love to see this movie this sounds uh, like click before click was a thing yeah. dude it, it really like it's a fun time but that isn't what i wanted to, t- to tell you about it just <laughs> it just came to me i so if you were around listener or johnny or thomas for or Halloween, or James. Thank you. If you were around for our Halloween episode, you might yeah. you might already know where I'm headed. Uh, I gotta ask, where are you headed? Who 
Oh, it's SpongeBob. Lives in a pineapple. <laughs> I called it. I called Under it before he said it. You heard it. You heard it. I I, 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 I drew the dots. Woo, you had it so quick. Woo. Now, to be honest, um, SpongeBob to me is a bigger for for me is a bigger part of Halloween than Christmas as yeah. far as like that the hash slinging slasher goes. But I cannot forget that season two <laughs> episode. That first SpongeBob Christmas special. You're going to have to remind me. That was a fun time because let me tell you a little bit about it. First off, it's sometimes called Christmas Who, but I don't know why that's a thing on the fandom Wikipedia because when you go to try to watch it, as I'm sure you will on CBS All Access, um, it is titled there... Patchy the Pirate presents the SpongeBob SquarePants Christmas special because oh, it's do you a remember, live action dude. Do you remember when SpongeBob had that live action dude, Patchy the Pirate? Of course. Yeah. He was wearing that pirate. He had the whole pirate get up and he had the uh the the, the parrot. Yeah. And he yeah. So I think a cutlass maybe as well. Yeah, that was his debut. His <laughs> first thing That was his first thing was <laughs> like introducing the Christmas special. Good old Patchy. Um which that's that's super fun. In case you didn't know, for some unknown reasons, briefly this year, earlier in August, the rating on that episode was bumped up to thirteen plus on Amazon Prime. Thirteen <laughs> percent? No, like thirteen and older. Oh. But what? I thought you meant the rating. I was yeah, like, this, I thought, this, oh. this October, it was bumped back down to TVY7, where it's always been, except for that brief period. That's a weird thing. That is why that thing. happen. <laughs> uh, but it's it's so it, it's the first episode <laughs> that has patchy the pirate and, and potty the parrot um it's also it's also the first double length episode because i don't know if you remember this it's something i often uh forget now as an adult it's been so long since i watched that that type of cartoon they were like two 11 minute episodes and this the this Christmas episode was the full twenty three minutes, and it was the first time SpongeBob had done that. Uh, so that's cool. And also, they've done that more times, but usually they have more than one animation director, and and they just let one person do it this whole time. But it's it's fun. I don't, like so. There was a point. There's a point when. So so Bikini Bottom was learning about Christmas from Sandy, who's from the surface and they've never heard about Christmas. And after getting the description, SpongeBob like puts up a chimney next to has his house with a giant funnel on it to just like get Santa in easier. It also has a joke that I like regularly think about. I honestly didn't know it was from the Christmas episode, but a SpongeBob joke. I often think about when Sandy plugs in her Christmas lights on her tree in her air dome at the bottom of the sea, uh, SpongeBob looking at it from outside thinks it's on fire and he pulls out a bucket and he's just holding the bucket <laughs> and he just waves it in a circle in the air and now the bucket is filled with water <laughs> because of course he's underwater and even like and even then before running in tilts his head back and does something along the lines of like oh wee woo wee woo wee woo and like runs in and just throws the bucket of water um israel what have you been watching what have i been watching this week this week i've been watching doesn't have to be christmas wrecked 
Tell me about Wrecked. Wrecked is hilarious. It's a TBS show that is ultimately, it's a parody of Lost. It's a comedy version of Lost. These people are stranded on an island. Listen, you're going to think it's funny no matter what, but if you've watched Lost, you're going to think it's extremely funny because it just, all the parody, all, like all the ideas of being stuck on an island and the things that mm-hmm. would be normal, but you, you're thinking like, wait, would that actually happen that way? They're going to yeah. make a joke about it. Yeah. Or... They're going to double down on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's so good. It was made by Jordan Shipley and Justin Shipley, who, as far as I know, I, I know they worked on Deadbeats or Deadbeat, and that was funny. I, I don't know what else they've done, but but that was cool. I've looked and into they them. Made, they don't have a lot of other credits. Yeah. Uh, but Wrecked, oh, it's so good. So I think both of you are are on pins and needles here. Anyone Anyone trying to go first? I can go. Uh, I can go. All right. Go well, ahead, hey, Thomas. Thomas, what have you been watching this week? I've been watching Utopia. Oh, the old Utopia. I think uh, the way it's referenced, uh, the actual name is just Utopia, but I think the way it's referenced is Utopia 2020 because there are so many things called Utopia. <laughs> right. Um, What's yeah. this on? Amazon. Okay, I, I I feel like I I know that title, but I don't know anything about it. I stumbled across a like tiny like four second clip of John Cusack or Cusack, however you pronounce his name. John Cusack, yeah. Uh, saying something from the show, like in the show, he's in it, mm-hmm. and I saw that and I was immediately hooked. And I was like, okay, where is this? I had to do like digging because right. it didn't say it was from Utopia. I just saw the clip, and it wasn't like an ad. It wasn't like a publicized post or something. I just stumbled on it and I yeah. couldn't find the answer. So then I looked up him, I looked up what he had been in and then I found out it was this. Um, it is a ultimately a group of young adults who meet online, get a hold of a cult underground graphic novel, which not only pins them as a target of a shadowy deep state organization, but also burdens them with the dangerous task of saving the world. Holy crap! What a what a graphic novel <laughs> to get a hold of, man. Dang! And so, to give you perspective before you you run and watch it, if you like the boys, um, oh, as far sure. as like a similar style of like cinematography, uh, this is like that. Really? Um, nice. In a similar way, it's it's ext- I would say it's extremely uh, graphic and adult. Yeah. Um, but not like to the point where it's just every scene is grotesque. There is a lot of like world building and whatnot. Um, but I mean, Rain Wilson is in it. Um, really? I think John Cusack is in it. Um, I think there's another, like, there are, there are several people that are relatively um, well known. Um, How new is this show? This year. Okay. Oh, Chris- you said Utopia 2020. Didn't yeah. You? Christopher. It came out in September, I believe. Uh, Christopher Denham, I can't get his stuff to pull up. Uh, he's in Shutter Island, Billions, Argo. Um, let's see, a bunch of these, a bunch of. He's been in a ton of like stuff. That, is he the you know uh, who, kinda, who uh, else I heard's in it? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, is, it, is that guy you were just talking? Is he the uh, kind of Hispanic guy from uh, Shutter Island? No, no, I he's, really liked him. Okay, no, that's it's that not, guy. That's it, not who I, I think of. he's. I think he's actually a, um, an antagonist in the movie, or like one of. Yeah, he looks like one of the crazy people. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he does really well. Again, I'm only I think three episodes in. Yeah, uh, ten out of ten. 
really from me would recommend and it is it is outside of my wheelhouse of what i typically watch um as far as like seeking it out yeah i saw this one clip i really enjoyed it i started watching it it starts off i'd say it starts off relatively slow it's not as fast like uh for the boys i think it was like the first 15 minutes and they're they're already throwing their uh like their story or their um how they want you to interpret that show. They're throwing that in your face in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. This, I think gives you a little bit more time, but it okay. is, it is still the first episode. It's just, it's out there. Yeah. And, but no, I, I really enjoy it. I love John Cusack. I love rain Wilson. Uh, yeah, no, I love rain Wilson as well. I That's, didn't know um, he was in it until I started watching it. So Dwight from the bonus. office yeah. for yeah. anybody who doesn't know the name. Yeah. I also listening. just, because I, I have, I know cause I follow them on, uh, uh, on social media, uh, Fiona Durif, which I'm not 100% sure if that's how you pronounce her name, but she's Bart from uh, the Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Oh, really? She's a, she's a recurring character. Nice. In I really, really like her. She's awesome. So, Johnny, what have you been watching this week. i'm so glad you asked uh yes. i've been watching a lot of stuff last week because i was uh i was sick and uh <laughs> laying in my bed for almost five days and I, I felt like i was going crazy but uh one thing that i started and finished watching it only has one season out uh is a show on hbo max called raised by wolves um it's a i feel like that's a very strange title for what this show is uh, Raised by Wolves is an American science fiction drama television series created by Aaron. I'm going to get this wrong, probably, but I'm going to go with, I, I practiced this early, earlier, uh, Guzukowski, uh, that premiered on HBO Max on September 3rd, 2020. The first two episodes were directed by Ridley Scott, who also serves as uh, uh, as executive producer of the show. You may know Ridley Scott uh, as the director of the, uh, I'm pretty sure, the Alien franchise, uh, Blade Runner, uh, Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, and The Martian. He is uh, one of the biggest names in science fiction. Um, Raised by Wolves centers around two androids uh, named Mother and Father, tasked with raising human children on Kepler-22b after the Earth was destroyed in a great war. Uh, as this colony of humans, uh, this colony of humans uh, is threatened to be torn apart by religious differences, and the androids learn that controlling the beliefs of humans is treacherous, is a treacherous and difficult task um that was the synopsis uh on wikipedia and i really like that one because it's very ambiguous there's so yeah. so so much to this show you look like you have something to say i stumbled on this i've watched the first couple minutes of the first episode yeah it started playing after something i was yeah. watching yeah. and that's the one where like the first episode they like crash in a crater and they're like we need to get out of here but there's they're like, really like non-emotional yeah they're just like get the stuff out mother or whatever yeah and they yeah. start pulling the stuff out yeah. of the ship yeah i have seen the beginning of that okay uh you were, like, pro you were probably seconds if not minutes away from b 
being shown that they were androids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that yeah that that's, that's like you learn that very very early on. But okay. I do know what you're talking about, like because 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 I just I recently started it. I've not finished the show, and I've already been recommending it to people, and that's not something I normally yeah do. But so, it's just like I. I feel like you described it in a really apt way and I felt other things might be that, but I, you want to go ahead and say, yeah. So like this, this show, uh, is, is just, it's, you know, it's Ridley Scott, the guy who made Prometheus and alien. Like he is a like vision. The last kingdom. The last kingdom. Yeah. That was a journey. He, uh, he's known for like really giving, uh, like, super strong visuals and like making uh you know places feel really real like i recently watched the alien franchise and at least the first alien movie and i was like wow this still holds up like it still feels good uh but what i want like after watching the entire first season and it does take a little bit to get off the ground like it there are some slow parts but i uh like back in the day i started watching game of thrones uh in like season one and I'm going to say that, like, this show feels like watching season one of Game of Thrones. Like, Game of Thrones did not become Game of Thrones until about season four. And I'm not trying to be like, oh, I was into it before everybody else. Like, I'm, I was just a nerd and I love uh, the yeah. fantasy genre. So, like, I, 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 I watched it and I had a few other friends who watched it back in the day. This feels like as much as an expansive universe and, like, uh, it it feels rich and full and there's like so many things that are going on and i i i'm in love with this show and i can't be yeah. excited about it enough like i i i'm i'm rewatching season 1 immediately after finishing it uh this has been a fun time. I love Christmas. I love talking about these Christmas things. Hope I everybody's in I the can't Christmas wait spirit to to watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special. To watch many of these ranking and bet. There's, there, I'm gonna watch some of them that I haven't watched in a long time because yeah. we talked about them for sure. Uh, this has been a fun time. I appreciate you listening. Uh, I appreciate you guys being here with me. I really want to say if you could get the TV boys a Christmas present. It would be just share the show with just one other person yeah. who might like it. And guess what? If you think about it, if you look inside yourself, check your heart, you know people who like television because we're all human and it's made for us. So <laughs> share this show it's with not someone made for who, hamsters. Right, exactly. <laughs> Don't share it with your hamster. Share it with another person uh, who might watch television, who might enjoy it. I would love if you told us about your favorite Christmas episodes, about your favorite Christmas movies and about what you think about the Christmas things we mentioned. The way you can do that is hit us up at the TV boys on Twitter. We would love to hear from you. Do you um, guys have anything else to tell I'm sure our beautiful we, listeners? We miss some Christmas movies and tv shows so well right yeah there's there's a there's let so us know many. what your favorite is uh i just want to say uh thank you to the fan i don't know if any if they're gonna hear this but thank you to the fan accounts that retweeted uh our killian murphy episode we got a lot of listens yeah, because of those people sure. 
Um, I want to say thank you to Zach at uh, Trivia Night at our local pub. Uh, he That's shouted us out Duck pub. at the Lucky Duck Pub. They got good food. Uh, shout out to them. And I want to say thank you for James. Uh, thank you, James, for being James. here and being our fact checker. It's been cool having you here as well. For sure. Uh, I don't think I have anybody else to thank, but uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. And thank yeah. you for listening to We've Gotten a Lot More Plays Than I Thought We Would with this podcast. So thank you to every listener. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler and happy Honda days. Yeah, happy dude. Honda I've been days. Izzy. Happy Honda days. <laughs> Thomas, happy Honda days. And Johnny, Merry Chrysler. Merry Chrysler. <laughs> 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 t- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You scooped them both. Honk, <laughs> honk. <laughs> I'm a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Where am I going? That was important. That one was louder than usual. Well, I thought the Hong Kong was in place of it. (laughs)